Hey, 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 all, and welcome to the Skeptic Hangout, the place where we sit back, relax, and chit-chat about intriguing and sometimes controversial topics through the lens of skepticism. As you will see or hear in just a moment, Richard Gill and I are not here this episode. Still present with us is our lovely Richard Gilliver, who is joined in this episode by ACA volunteers Hein and Ascalon. Today, they will be discussing anthropology. No, wait, anthropomorphism. Oh, no, Anthropocene. Damn it. They will be discussing anthroposophy. There it is, anthroposophy. Man. So grab your English tea or your double espresso and join Richard and his guests as they discuss a philosophy I had never heard of until I went to edit this video. This is episode 25, Anthroposophy, or Anthroposophy, or Anthroposophy, <laughs> something like that. Okay, so welcome to Skeptic Hangout. As you can see, Laura and Richard have uh, changed somewhat this episode. Um, I'm joined by some very special guests this episode. I've got Hein and Ascalon with us. Uh, so if you want to give yourselves a brief introduction, starting with Ascalon, let people know who you are. Oh, hey guys. My name is uh, Ascalon. I'm a moderator on several platforms for the ACA and... Uh, Obviously, a, a new subscriber of Richard's channel. And hi. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I've known uh, Ascalon for a while now, also from uh, ACA stuff and uh, Discord there. Uh, I'm Dutch. Um, I'm an atheist, as in I've never believed uh, I was raised without religion, and uh, I'm gradually get, getting into the atheist community. Brilliant. This week, we're going to be doing a special episode, as you can see, without our regular hosts, because Richard is still sunning himself on holiday. Uh, Laura has had a last-minute work commitment, unfortunately. So these two guys have kindly stepped in to fill the shoes, and we're going to be talking about anthro... I can't even say it. Anthroposophy. Ant anthroposophy. Uh, which it comes... Like that. <laughs> comes from the words anthropo, which mean human, and sophia, which mean wisdom. So, as Hein, this was your uh, idea to talk about this subject. I'll let yeah. you give it a brief introduction. Okay. Um, uh, let me try. Uh, anthroposophy, I think it is uh, pronounced, uh, is, well, a spiritual movement, I'd say. It's, 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 it's quite religion-y, but it doesn't have gods or stuff like that. Uh, but they have deep uh, ideas about spirituality and the existence of spirits. And, I mean, the core philosophy is rather vague, I should admit. But uh, it's been around for, well, roughly the early 1900s. Uh, Rudolf Steiner, a German philosopher or 
something like that, uh, introduced a lot. Uh, he started at the Theosophic uh, Society. Um, Madame Blavatsky, maybe you heard about her? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they f uh, f fell out and uh, he started his own thing. He ended up became uh, anthroposoph well, anthroposophy. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Let's in, have a subject yeah, no one could pronounce. <laughs> yeah, that works. Uh, anyway, um, I've known a few people from that. And right. while they are very nice people, uh, there's no denying that. I mean, they're very kind, they're very uh, generous but they're also um, a bit bubblehead. Uh, they they'll believe pretty much anything you tell them, and they are very uh, wooey in in their beliefs. And uh, so, for instance, uh, one thing I talked earlier a bit about is uh, they uh, don't like uh, vaccination at all. Right. They've been anti-vaxxers for as long as I know. I mean, they, they're the people I know, I've known them for 30, 40 years, and uh, they didn't do that. And, well, they have particular ideas about education, science, um, particularly uh, healthcare, and well, there are, there are some other bits that are strange, to say the least, and in some cases, I think, dangerous. Yeah. So that was the idea why I would like to talk about that from a skeptic point of view. Yeah, as 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 someone who's, who's not only had COVID but been badly affected by COVID, I'm really strong against the kind of anti-vax movement. Uh, I, th I think it's just it, it's just a really bad stance to take in every aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but when I was looking, I had a because I'd never heard of this before you broached it as a subject and I've had a quick look around it uh, and so the the health uh, kind of uh, aspects of this movement in general are a little bit woo. It's a, yeah. all very holistic and kind of yes. uh, uh, nicey nicey sounding, just, just on the edge of plausibility. Yeah. Uh, there are some bits that I really don't like, not only just the anti-fax bit, but uh, well, one of the people I knew of the who, who were well, uh, anthroposophy people uh, was uh, the woman next door in, uh, where I lived then, and uh, she was of the opinion that thinking the right thoughts could uh, cure you from nasty disease. Wow. That's... That, by the way, is a rather common uh, thingy in that kind of woo uh, country. Yeah. At least in the Netherlands. I don't know how that's abroad. Uh, I mean, well, the, go, the, going the... Off, off topic just a little bit, what's, what's the kind of state of uh, religiosity as a whole in the Netherlands? Is it, is it are there a lot of religious people or is no. it kind of more like the UK where there's not so many religious yeah. people, but a lot of people who believe in kind of woo claims? Uh, it's, it's pretty much a latter. Um, yeah. I think that's something like uh, 40% of people, uh, when asked, uh, will say they believe in some deity, and the rest, no specific deity or atheist or free thinker or anything else. But right. uh, the idea that there is some higher power is pretty common. Right. Um, I, I can't say uh, exact numbers, 
but uh, so I mean, uh, I think that's it's something like uh, 30 or 40 percent of people uh, are more or less Christian, as in Roman Catholics or standard Protestant church. The smaller Protestant churches very, uh, aren't very popular at all. And something like 5% are Muslims. Right. We have a considerable Muslim. Uh, so as, as far as an, an anthropos, anthropos, someone else say it, please. Blah, blah, yep, yep. Anthropophysy. That's the one. That's the one. Uh, goes, uh, what's, what's the kind of representation of that in the Netherlands? Cause that, oh, they're, they're small. They're small, something yeah. like a few 10,000 of people. Right. Because we, uh, we I don't know exactly. have four centres in the UK from the things I was looking at earlier. I don't yeah. know if uh, if Ascalon got the same kind of number. Um, yeah, um, the, I actually knew about two of them anyway. The, there's right. a high school in Edinburgh actually named after Steiner, and uh, there's a place up in Aberdeen. Uh, it's called Camp Hill. It's basically it's a special needs school, but uh, they don't tend to go into the too much of the woo there. The, it's actually quite highly rated. It's got quite a few awards from uh, from the Care Commission and from the National Autistic Society and things like that. So yeah, there's at least some part of this batshit stuff that's doing some good in the world. Yeah, see, this is interesting because I I have no problem with stuff like that. If you're going to open a school, if you're part of a movement, and the same goes for general religious schools, if you're, if the, if you're teaching people and you're teaching them properly and you're st- sticking within the national curriculum as we have in the UK and, and you know, you know, you're getting good results and you're not teaching them the kind of heart of the craziness that you're following, I don't really see any problem with that. And I noticed on the website it said a lot of the people involved were teachers and things. Yeah. I mean, um, Camp Hill in particular, I think the the main... I don't want to use the word philosophy, but one of the the main points of the the Camp Hill school is that... uh, so every every human has like a healthy inner personality, independent of physical and mental disabilities. So they try and encourage that as much as possible, which is, I think, where a lot of the accolades come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, I, I don't know very much about that. Uh, I'm not an educator and I don't have children, so um, it's not something I ever dove into. But, uh, I mean, we have... Uh, the what in Dutch is called the Vrije School, means free school, but uh, they're essentially uh, Steiner-driven schools. There are a few. Um, What I got from statistics in general, I mean, they're, they're of course, uh, subject to Dutch national uh, education inspection. They need to uh, uh, do things to the national curriculum. I mean, that leaves them quite a bit of room for, well, to, how to, they, they decide themselves how they do it, but there's a core curriculum they must follow, and the, there's an inspectorate for that, and uh, inspectorate says they're, they're doing okay. A few schools, not so much, but that's in other schools that happens as well. I mean, uh, Dutch um, Muslim schools score worse. Right. An example. Yeah. I think it's pretty much the same here because we've got a lot of Catholic schools. Um, I think they pretty much have to stick to the, the national curriculum as well. Yeah, my children go to a Catholic school. Yeah, so does my daughter. It's primary school right now. Yeah. Uh, it's good. I like the head teacher, actually. She takes no crap from anybody. She comes down and bullying <laughs> like a bag of hammers. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> 
so going off topic slightly, what's a, uh, uh, I don't want to make this too much about the British education system, but no. what, how, how much do they push uh, to, uh, Catholicism in, in your daughter's school? Oh, it's totally optional. So yes, if she right. doesn't want to go, she doesn't have to do it. So it's fine. It suits me perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's up to her. If she wants to go and learn about it, then obviously fine. But I'm not going to force her either way. Yeah. So going back onto and the little from from the one of the British from the National British Head uh, website. It says it's a modern spiritual path that cherishes and respects the freedom of each individual. Right enough, nothing wrong with that. It recognises, mm. however, that real freedom is actually an inner capacity that can only be obtained by degrees according to the spiritual development of the individual. Now we start seeing a little bit more woo coming into it. Yes. The yeah. striving for this capacity and the corresponding spiritual development can be greatly assisted through a scientific study of the spiritual nature of humanity and the universe. What the fuck does that mean? Ah, well, it gets a bit crazier after that because <laughs> the... Uh, hang on, I wrote a note about this. Yeah, it, uh, Steiner reckoned that studying the, the spiritual world uh, was, was focused on direct, pretty much direct personal experience and obviously as... Uh, people who speak out against religion, we know how well that works out for people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, although the way they try and get there is interesting because from what I read, it's uh, they try and practice forms of uh, ethical and uh, cognitive self-discipline, so like controlling your thinking, your composure, your positivity, things like that. So it all seems to be quite internalised, but there's just no evidence for any of it, really. Yeah. No. This, this, is, this is what I found quite disturbing about it because, it, as I said earlier, it does... On the face of it, it does seem almost credible in a lot of ways. And I think that makes it dangerous because that can draw a lot of people into it. Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as I know, they're not very preachy. Um, at least uh, the people I've known, the, the neighbours, there's also uh, a friend of my mother's uh, who was much into this, as was her husband. Neither of them are with us anymore, but they weren't preachy in any yeah. way. They didn't want to... Uh, get me into their movement and again they, they were very nice people very kind but a bit woo in the head right. and um i've I'm heard stealing stories that phrase, by the way i'm totally yeah. stealing woo in the head yeah okay <laughs> by all means do uh i remember uh stories of their children uh the, those friends of my mother's uh, they had two daughters and they went to one of them special schools and the uh i mean they, they'd left the movement as soon as they could by the way not so much because they hated it but because uh, it didn't work for them what they uh, complained most about is was that essentially every move they made was supposed to be therapeutical right every breath they took was supposed to be good for them or bad for them, or if they did it wrong, I, I, I don't remember details. And I mean, that's one of the big problems with uh, this movement is getting specifics is very difficult. Yeah, I think exactly that... nailing down what they are talking about. Yeah, that really can, works. That can be said, I think, for a lot of uh, these uh, 
I mean, I, I was going to say new age movements, but this kind of predates the kind of whole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, by, by half a century. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it comes more, uh, I think, at the same time as the kind of spiritualism uh, stuff was starting to emerge and things like that. Mm, that might be correct. There's quite a lot of spiritualism involved, and in, from what I've read, especially about the about the medicine sort and health aspect yeah. of this, like the beliefs that like your karmic destiny can affect your health and uh, your past lives can influence what illnesses you get. And I see this is the problem I've always had for reincarnation because knowing my bastard luck, I'll come back as me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I yeah. mean, I I actually missed the whole oh, shit. Me, I've just dropped that. <laughs> I. Uh... If things are going well today, <laughs> um, my whole thing with the—I'll just pick my light up while I'm speaking. My whole thing with the—I uh, I miss the whole reincarnation thing, uh, but I've had a, a, quite a lot of uh, stuff to do with kind of Buddhist looking at Buddhism and and Eastern religions and stuff, and that is one of the. I, big criticisms I have of those is is the whole karma and reincarnation thing that that yeah. goes off in that, and I think you see a lot of it in uh, that's working really well. That I think I, mm-hmm. you see a lot of it in the uh, in the like new age movements that came up in the sixties and the seventies, or even as early as the fifties in in the West, where that's kind of jumped on as a as some kind of amazing factor. That, and I don't really see why. I don't know whether it's just because it's a romantic thing that, that people like to like cling on to or what. A friend of mine described it like this. Uh, believing in reincarnation is for many people uh, essentially wanting uh, to get a second chance yeah. at life. It's a fair explanation. Uh, yeah. I, I think that makes too. sense. I think that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, Ascalon, you were talking a little bit about the uh, the medicinal stuff and things in that. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Um, to, to be honest, uh, Hein sort of touched upon the biggest point there is uh, a lot of them do oppose vaccinations. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, it's, a lot of their stuff is very, very similar to homeopathy. In fact, it's exactly yeah. the same. They just don't call it homeopathy. Yeah, but um, it's very close to it. And, uh, of, I mean, uh, I suppose we all think more or less the same about homeopathy. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my opinion is uh, you can just as well take a drink. Yeah. Whiskey, for instance. <laughs> that works. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure uh, me and Ascal are both uh, big fans <laughs> of the old whiskey. As a uh, so am I. Well, hello, so... I'll just uh, interrupt at this juncture just to say we are joined now by a, a very good friend of mine and another ACA volunteer, uh, Philip Leach, who's uh, got half a head, and I'm not sure if he's got any audio at the minute. <laughs> I was going to uh, say, it's at least his forehead. It's, uh, I think we've got a full house now, so uh, welcome, Philip. If you can hear us, jump in whenever you want to and whenever you can. And we'll continue talking until you get here. There was a, quite a batshit theory I discovered of Steiner's. Um, he didn't believe that the heart actually pumped blood around the body. He thought it <laughs> yeah. just did it of its own free will. Right, that's, uh, <laughs> I, that's I don't know what my train of thought was when I wrote this down, but I've got in brackets <laughs> here. <Whee! laughs> yeah, that's, that's really interesting. 
that and I'm not sure how, especially with the kind of scientific thing that it was pushing, how you'd kind of uh, assess that. No idea, because I mean, one of the one of his well people that helped found this movement, basically the the paediatrician that set up the special school in Aberdeen was well a paediatrician, so surely he should fucking know better. Yeah. <laughs> do Do you think that there's uh, some cognitive dissonance within the movement regarding things like that? Then where they separate the the kind of the knowledge of what they do know to what they believe. Oh, it's hard to say. I mean, it probably goes back to what Hein said earlier. It's really hard to pinpoint anything specific in the philosophy of the movement. So th- th- you can pretty much make it up as you go along, really. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, f- for those of you who uh, who uh, have had friends and things within the movement, then what have you found much uh, disparity between um, what they believe between themselves on that? point uh, a couple of times actually yeah there's a, a friend of mine his dad was very very into reiki uh well when i was younger and uh he had, uh, had a, obviously had, he had friends who was into it as well and one of them suddenly appeared at the meeting one day and says oh guys i've discovered this new type of energy you've got to try it and they're doing exactly the same movements and positions and things like that and suddenly they all managed to feel this new energy right. the bloody hell can that be possible yeah, well, that's what uh, I mean. One of the things that uh, I well remember is that these people, these friends, uh, picked up pretty much any bit of woo they came across, right? Without any critical assessment, um, no thinking is this right? Do we? Uh, I mean, evidence is not required. And uh, this is just my experience, of course. Um, I'm not claiming that all uh, people who uh, follow this uh, ID are the same. Uh, I shouldn't do that. uh, But but I I don't think that critical thinking is a widely spread uh, quality. Hi, can you guys see me? Yes, hello, Philip. Yeah, hi. So glad to have you. Just a quick note to our... uh, followers i have been trying to get philip to uh <laughs> go on uh various shows for probably nigh on a year and i'm so proud that this is the first one he's actually took the foot jumping and uh and it's to help me out as well and i'm so glad to have him here his mind is brilliant he's kind of my go-to person for checking my own philosophy in a lot of places so after that massive introduction philip <laughs> have you Thank uh you. Have you had a chance to uh, kind of have a look at the subject we're talking about? And Yeah, I have. So I actually knew a little bit about it beforehand because it's been somewhat controversial in my country, Australia. So um, the uh, the architect of Canberra, our capital city for the, for Australia, um, you've actually got me and my cat at the moment. She's deci- She always does this during meetings, but anyway, she's decided to join us. This is mischief. Hey, it's um, a ratings booster having a cat on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, true, true. Yeah, so uh, th- this uh, uh, Walter Burley Griffin came to uh, to Australia and actually discovered Steinerism. And when he actually designed the layout for Canberra, he actually based it on Steineristic um, uh, this this union of spirituality and, and humanism. Um, so his 
he actually designed the, our entire capital based on Steiner beliefs. And that's, so it's one of these little components comes off the side here is architecture in Steinerism. Mm -hmm. um, so not many people in Australia realize that we've got this quite woo um, reasoning, but behind the design of our capital, we look at it and go, oh yes, it's very geometric and that makes a lot of sense. They don't realize actually it's got an inherently spiritual um, nature to the, the design. And the main capital of uh, the main uh, lake of our, our um, capital is actually uh, Lake Burley Griffin, so named after the the designer, which is quite nice. But um, this this symmetry and the the way that the it includes large water features and so on was was all spiritual reasons. And I, you know, it won awards. It uh, it it was quite uh, it's quite well received but fundamentally it's it's baseless and i think that's the same with the medicine it's the same with the there's even like biodynamic agriculture yeah um as you say that this they they label scientific and they're doing research they're actually applying scientific method but it just seems bizarre that they don't actually take the first step of determining if there is a soul determining if there is spirituality um and where it becomes controversial in Australia is we have Steiner schools and we're not meant to have, we don't have the same sort of issues as America, but we're not meant to have prayers in school. So they, they don't have prayers anyway. They have, I think, a minutes, a contemplative um, silence where they're introspectively thinking. Um, and that's been somewhat controversial, but has been allowed. So that's, that's my um, brief understanding of, of Steinerism in Australia. But yeah, I don't know people personally who study it. That's really interesting because both Heine and Ascalon said that they had uh, they were familiar with the, the schools from the movement as well, and uh, they said they were really good performing schools. Uh, is is that what you found in Australia? Is that woo aside? Uh, I don't know about academically popular, but uh, they're quite popular in that there's. Um, they're growing. Right. Uh, so all private schools in Australia have been growing and I, and they've sort of seen as a non-religious variant to, um, to send children to where, where it tends to be people who are a little bit wealthier who go to, to, to the religious schools. So they want an option that's not religious. They'll go to Steiner thinking that it is non-religious. Uh, but I, I don't know academically whether they're uh, more popular or not. Right, that's interesting. I, I was uh, I was looking at the when I was looking at the uh, the website, and bear in mind when I was doing because we've only had a short time to have a look at stuff for this, and we don't normally research episodes at all. But I literally knew nothing about the movement before we started, mm -hmm. so I thought I had to have a little look. Uh, I've only been on the the kind of British website, so I've not really done anything much further than that. But there's all sorts of different things. Uh, and it was interesting that Philip was talking about architecture because they go as far as to kind of encourage, uh, uh, what was the word they used? I can't remember, like artistic dance and things mm. as, as, as ah, kind of... You're with me. You're with me. That's, uh, I don't know exactly what it entails. I've never been there. Uh, maybe you remember the, the band, the Eurythmics. They were uh, mm. named after that. Right. Um, it's... Uh, 
well, it, it's expression in movement uh, that is supposed to do all kind of good, and it's uh, practiced quite a bit in uh, Stranded schools. Right. Wow. And as far as I'm told by children who were there, it's bollocks. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's certainly one way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you haven't again, proved it's bollocks. <laughs> no, they, they, they told me. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I think um, it may be okay, but I think there is some... Uh, well, there's no foundation in uh, evidence for what they're doing. And so it may be uh, okay in, in the best. I mean, I don't think that movement uh, stuff is bad. I mean, at least the exercise bit is good. Hmm. But um, if moving in the right way uh, makes you a bet, makes you more more healthy or uh, better in any way, uh, that needs to be uh, well. I need evidence for that. Yeah, this this is the thing with the website when on the British website because I kind of had a quick look at that and then I had a quick look look at uh, that sort of font of all knowledge Wikipedia to <laughs> just get some background yeah. information as yeah. well. And um, at that um, the the website was very much pushing the angle of the kind of the therapy through the movement and the the, the organic stuff through the farming and the uh, architecture. And all the positive things. What it didn't touch on so much with the, it, although it mentioned the spirituality, as I previously mentioned, it didn't really go deeply into it. Uh, and I'm, I'm wondering if that was if that's an intentional kind of thing on the part of of the organisation, not to 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 kind of push all this uh, holistic, mm -hmm. almost scientific uh therapeutic stuff to the fore and leave the kind of underlying uh theology if you like behind until people get further into it what are your guys your guys opinions on that i would have to go quite deep into it i mean uh at one one part of the part that i read was uh the whole point of all this was to try and explore the spirit realm and to basically to prove that this was entirely possible, but as I said before, only through personal experience, which yeah. is obviously usually complete bullshit. Uh, but actually, there's a, I can actually there's a, something that will back this up here. The, these two initial points made me very nervous when I started reading about this. Uh, firstly, the translation, which, as Richard already said, was a translation from Greek, which means human wisdom, which... I think humans have proved many times over the years we're not very good at. Uh, and it, it was first published in a book by an unknown author. Okay. <laughs> ah. That's uh, not knowing the source and just taking it on, well, on faith, really, I suppose would be the best way to describe it. It's sort of set me on edge as soon as I started researching this. Yeah. I mean, my impression is uh, from, again, my the people I've talked with. Uh, and that's, I mean, I, I did try to read some, uh, read some bits of uh, literature on. Steiner and what Steiner wrote and stuff like that. And it's incredibly boring. <laughs> uh, so I gave up on that. Um, 
but uh, I talked about that, and my impression is that essentially the, the, the followers don't know either, and so they're not pushing it because they don't know what to push. Uh, yeah, so they, they keep on using this word holistic. Yes. They use it in the education, they use it in the, the agriculture and the medicine, holistic. So when I start to see that in some of the spiritual wording, it, to me, it sort of comes down on a, a catch-all for everyone who's got a religious belief who um, can buy into this. So it's not excluding any religion. It's not it's excluding... Um, so to, to me, it, it's, uh, I really wonder about what the actual personal identity of the people within it are. I, I would suspect that they're actually of very specific religious variants. And that this is just almost an arm of Christianity and arm of, um, of Christian uh, beliefs or whether it's a standalone thing. So for instance, I in the schools... A standalone thing, in as far as the kind of uh, the the deeper dimensions of it go, although they do mention Jesus as a as, yeah. a, as a kind of thing, but it's in a really non-Christian way. It's not even. I mean, I'd go as far as to say it's even like further out than kind of Mormonism or Christadelphianism, which are really the kind of limits of uh, uh, the recognized Christianity. It, it, it touches upon uh, Christianity in only in name only, I think. There is so, an yeah. element of it in there. I mean, um, from what again, from what I was reading, they, they tried to claim that you can find a balance of good between these two characters named Lucifer and uh, Ariman. Yeah, which uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it, Richard. Reminds me of uh, you remember the cartoon Rasta Mouse that was on the TV here? <laughs> I do, I do remember Rasta Mouse. I was a big I fan of it. <laughs> couldn't get that out of my head when I read Araman because that's what I imagined them saying. You know, Araman. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think uh, Araman is uh, from from what the blurb is. It's a dark uh, kind of spirit energy that yeah. tempts human beings to deny the link with divinity. Uh, uh, I, I, I may be wrong, but I seem to remember this from uh, Zoroastrian uh, yeah. stuff. Uh, nothing, I, I know nothing about that uh, religion, by the way, so um, <laughs> don't question me on that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not familiar with it myself either, but I mean, a lot of the goofy names, they all tend to blend together when you're yes. not researching them constantly. <laughs> Yeah, so Phil, you you had a point on that. Yeah, so they um, the controversial thing in Australia is one of the because we've got fifty schools in Australia, which is quite a lot of, oh, of schools to have. Yeah, um, so they have a blessing every morning, um, and that's uh, there was controversy as to uh, to whether that was a prayer or not. And right. they considered it not a prayer because it wasn't to a specific deity. Um, but the wording of it was very much, uh, very much of a like a, a almost like a Christian blessing. It, it, right. the, the wording of it, it sounded exactly like it was a Christian blessing. So that, that's where I was left thinking that the people who were saying that blessing would be Christian. But that's with my my background being Christian, that may just be projection. Yeah, certainly the the Christ in or I don't know if it, if it's the exact Christ, but the way they refer to Christ in 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 the look 
brief look I had was of kind of a, a representative of humanity, uh, which is called Christ. And it's a spiritual entity who stands between and harmonizes these two extremes uh, that we've just previously talked about, the uh, Araman and Lucifer extremes. So it's, it is kind of, it draws on Christianity, I think. But mm-hmm. as, as to whether it's a, it's, it's a little bit, as, as I think everyone's mentioned, it's a little bit vague in a lot of areas. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I, I noticed that the, I mean, they, they have social goals seem to be one of the, the most specific things. Um, I got them listed out here as liberty in cultural life, equality of rights, the sphere of uh, legislation, which is always a, a red flag for me. Yeah, that's a that's fraternity a... in the economic sphere. Which <laughs> I think I think yeah. we lost you just a little bit after ah. the uh, the red flag comment. Okay, so the the sorry the. Um, liberty of uh, the three of the three social goals: liberty in cultural life, equality of rights, the sphere of legislation, and then finally the fraternity in the economic sphere. Which, um, yeah, to me that last one's not so much of a red flag. That's just what people of a religion will do: is is create a fraternity. Um, but they do mean more like the fraternity of man in an like so again this holistic thing. But the equality of rights, the sphere of legislation, clearly they're trying to affect legislation so that they do have specific things that they are doing. It's not, it's not all generic. They have, um, you know, they have bodies. Each country that I could see had an association. Um, each major state in America has an association. So they're an organized body of people who have quite a, uh, quite a, a structured body um, and although it, it appears that the beliefs are quite uh, broad and unspecific, they as an organisation seem quite organised and quite active. Yeah, I mean, you would think if, if they're setting schools up and things, they've got some uh, kind of like clout behind them. <laughs> and the, so when we talked about medicine, they've got a medical research institute, agriculture, they've got an agricultural research institute, they get funding, they, they publish yep. research, it's coordinated. Yeah, quite a big portion of the a university in German and now uh, in German in Germany, sorry, in Witten. Um, they actually have a quite a big uh, presence in. Well, let me figure this out. Anthroposophical medicine. Yeah, there mm. we go. Yeah, there was like a, quite a bit of quite a bit to do about that. Uh, something like ten or twenty years ago, uh, I can't remember exactly, but. Uh, if memory served in Germany, there was quite a bit of, uh, I mean, they tried to get, I think, something like a real professorship in anthropo- uh, anthroposophical something. And uh, that didn't go well. Uh, the newspapers picked on that, I mean, as in uh, they're doing woo instead of science at a university, can't have that. That's good. Um, that that actually reminds me of what happened in the uh, in Texas with the Texas school board and the uh, creationists trying to push to get in creationism yeah. taught in school. It sounds like a very similar situation to that. Yeah, and uh, I mean uh, details are a bit vague for me. Uh, it's a long time ago, and uh, even then I didn't read all the details. 
but anyway, I mean, pretty much the, the, the press who got uh, got into it, and that cost the university that did that uh, quite a bit of government support and uh, private support. And I seem to remember that eventually a large software company uh, put lots of money in it to, well, more or less uh, save the university. How it exactly ended, I can't remember. They tried the same thing with the university in Aberdeen as well, if I remember right, is it Software AG, I think it was called, the company, um, but it, it didn't go anywhere. Uh, the, it just it would, have, it would have damaged the university's reputation beyond repair, it's just yeah. so un, un, uncredited. Yeah. Uh, what did I see that? Yeah, oh, well, yeah, one and a half million quid they tried to, to set into it. Uh, says here that any decent university should even consider an anthroposophical medicine unit seems incomprehensible. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> rightly so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the, the NHS is guilty of that. Have you seen the size of the homeopathic hospital they've got in London? It's, it's yeah, kidding. huge. No. Yeah. <laughs> NHS funded. Yeah, state funded. I, I have a friend who's a who's an acupuncturist. He's a very good friend of mine, and uh, you know he's uh, he's always producing things from the NHS, uh, like uh, hmm. like about how how acupuncture is it's 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 prescribed on the NHS. And I don't. I mean, we've talked about this. Me, Laura, and Richard have talked about this previously on the show. But I've, uh, it's always astounded me because the kind of principles behind acupuncture. They're all to do with chi and the chi flow through the body. And I'd <laughs> yeah. love to know what kind of scientific research goes into <laughs> I, know. I, I just None don't that know. I know of. None oh, no. that I know of. As, as I understand it, there's the pseudoscience of it is that uh, if you map it out, the acupuncture points map uh, nerves and that they're actually hitting nerves with the acupuncture points. And... Um, I don't understand necessarily what in hitting a, a needle into a nerve, uh, what benefit that has to the body, but um, that's the the pseudoscience is that there, you know, that, that it is actually doing something. It's not just chi. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's not you just could achieve the same results with uh, with like Botox or something like Anne Robinson, you know, which every time she winks, her leg kicks. And... <laughs> So I, I want to come back to this. Did you say it was Canberra, Philip? That, uh... Canberra, so our capital. So the, a lot of people think Sydney is the capital of Australia. It's actually Canberra. That's that's our government centre. Yeah. The, um, so is is that because when when you were talking, I had this kind of uh, mental image, rightly or wrongly, of kind of I was thinking of Utah and how the Mormons have kind of controlled Utah. No. And how it's so, so it's not like that. It's, no, 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 no. So it's basically the they put a competition out because when they federated Australia, there was a lot of uh, time and energy put into it, uh, where it was going to be located and how it was going to be designed. So they actually put it out as a competition as to um, what the layout of the city was going to be, what the parliament house and everything would look like. So this guy uh, won an award. He actually came over from Chicago, I think, for it. But um, nice. he actually won the award based on his, uh, his sketches and everything to, to design it out. So it's just the, the architect used Steiner principles. It's not as, uh, th there was actually already, he, he became Steiner in, in Australia. Um, 
So there was already a Steiner community. And I keep on using the word Steiner because that's what it's known as in Australia, Steinerism. This um, it's easier anthrop- to pronounce, I don't blame Yeah, anthroposophy. <laughs> no, uh, they just call it Steinerism. And the schools are Steiner schools. Uh, they, they use another term as well. Um, but anyway, that that's generally the term I'm familiar with. So yeah, he, he designed the layout based on Steiner principles. Um, so it's not that there was, uh, you know, it, it wasn't like Mormon where it was designed to be the land. And I think that's actually one of the things with Steinerism is that um, they're not as gung-ho with converting people. They're not as gung-ho with, um, with establishing an area that is theirs. They're very much in the community. And this is why I was saying, I don't know whether they have overlapping beliefs because they seem to be diffuse. Uh, so, so Canberra has um, Steiner schools, um, I think at least one Steiner school, but um, it hasn't got a long history. It's only about um, 20 or 30 years. Um, I don't think they would have had Steiner schools, you know, much back before that in Canberra. Uh, so it's not, it's not an, an endemic as such uh, belief system in Canberra. Right. So that, that was a point I, was, I wasn't sure about. Yeah, I just I think it's it's, it's a little bit of trivia that um, I mean, what capital in the world is based the design is based on a religious belief or a, a spiritual belief, and I think it'd probably be one of the only ones. Mm. Um, First one I've ever heard of. Yeah, and most of, like I said most Australians aren't even aware of that. But um, when you actually dig into it, uh, this Walter Burley Griffin has actually written extensively on this, so it's not a minor part of it. It was fundamental um and although he never met steiner in his life because he came to steinerism after steiner passed he's he wrote extensively on the uh on steiner the person and the beliefs seemed quite an interesting guy to be honest uh, steiner i mean i remember reading he did he was quite popular in germany sort of shortly after the first world war for doing lecture series and speaking out against nationalism um obviously that didn't take on but uh well, he spoke out against Nazis as well, apparently. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit, actually. I mean, it goes back to what you were saying. I don't think they were trying to convert anybody or, or bulldoze over anybody else's belief. They just they were just happy enough to do their own thing. Um, the the art style as well, from, from well, as you say, Steinerism was quite interesting. Um, it's a, it a weird way of doing it. They had, I forget what the name of the special paint is, but you paint the blank spaces first. And then you paint over the top of it and sort of you bring the image out rather than paint the image on. It, it, <laughs> I'm probably describing it really badly, but I'm, I'm going to look into that a bit more because it looks quite interesting. Yeah, about, oh, sorry, um, about architecture, I know that uh, several architects in the Netherlands have been inspired by Steinerism or are adherents of that and work that into their work. Um, what I, uh, some of the buildings I quite like. They're quite organic shaped, organically shaped uh, buildings. And I mean, it's at least not the little blocks uh, most of our cities are made of. Yeah, so I, uh, I, I had a, when, when I was looking on the, uh, uh, the British group's website, they had a the couple of examples of the architecture and they had like little rural houses and things and they look nice enough. Yeah, you know, you couldn't fault, can't fault the architecture. Nope, nope. I, I mean, I, I don't know yes. Canberra, but uh... <laughs> I, th- I, I think, think this. Go on, Phil. 
Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that if you're basing architecture off spirituality, well, what role is spirituality actually having in the design? So I think it's just people who are well-educated who are designing things and labeling it rather than... Yeah. 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 I think you're right there. I mean, uh, I, I can't imagine that uh, believing in spirits makes you design differently. I just have... Oh, I don't know I about that. that I've yeah, got, when... Because if you have a look at mosques and churches and things, I mean, churches are designed, uh, spe especially the traditional kind of church and cathedral in Britain, is uh, they're, they're designed specifically to, to be a certain shape, to have certain areas, to have... So I, th yes. I think... I think when you're talking about religious buildings, that's uh, definitely yeah, but, the case. But, but for, I mean, for, for general, an office, yeah, for an yeah. office <laughs> or a home, yeah. uh, it doesn't make much. At least it doesn't make much sense to me. The, the the one bit where I think it does is where you have the Moorish designs, the the distinctly Arabic designs, like in Hyderabad. Mm -hmm. um, that's pervasive. Those those designs are pervasive throughout uh, everything from windows, tiles. Uh, it, it impacts the the design, uh, but it's more a reflection of the mosaics from mosques. Uh, so there, it, you can definitely get that sense of of Islamic culture imprinting on the mm -hmm. architecture around you. Um, but besides that, whenever I hear the buildings based on spiritual beliefs, I, I just I have visions of Ghostbusters. Yeah, just thinking the same thing. <laughs> Uh, that that's a that's a rabbit hole with door ones to go down. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's not. So, um, uh, what was I going to say? I was uh, I was thinking about uh, when you were talking about Steiner. Someone mentioned it was Germany, but I've got in my notes that it was Austrian. Oh, he was Austrian, yeah. But he was quite popular in Germany after the war because of the way yeah. he was speaking out against all the nonsense that was going on. Uh, I think was it after the war because? Uh, the, yeah, the dates the war, I've yeah. got for him are 1925, when he died. Yeah. Yeah, so he was actually speaking out about uh, against the Nazi movement back then. Right. Uh, at uh, the, but, yeah. At the, at the start of it, as opposed to... Uh, yeah, pr primarily, like, from what I was reading, uh, primarily around the nationalism, the ultra-nationalism, because right. he was against nationalism from the start. Um, I'm not sure how strong the Nazis were on the, the, the racism then, but he was also very anti-racist, but almost like this, um, this holistic humans are all one thing um, was quite strong. And it's, it's uh, I, I don't know how much a reflection of, of his belief system is actually due to a, a, like a revolt against what the sentiment in Germany and Europe as a whole at that point in time. Um, that's sort of the, the impression I always have had that it was seeing the, 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 um, popular movement that was happening and revolting against it. It makes sense. You can imagine living back then. I mean, Europe had been kicking the shit out of each other for the best part of 500 years. And I can, I can sort of see why it had enough of it, especially considering what was happening in Germany at the time. Mm -hmm. So it seemed to be quite forward thinking from a, a kind of, a humanist, if you like, level. Yeah. So, yeah I would so, say so. That's like what Philip says. I think that's kind of what he meant when he was talking about the, the global fraternity and things like that. It's just try and do things sort of as a whole rather than in, yeah. independently. 
Uh, uh, I could did, be wrong. That's just the impression I got from it. Did uh, have any of you seen read, read anything about because the 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 brief notes I saw said it, it was also claimed to be a clairvoyant. Have any of you read up on on that did side of the no. It's a skeptic no. show. We've got a... no. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, pr- proof that he wasn't. I, I, I'm just wondering because someone I don't know which one one of you uh, it was mentioned it was friends with Madame Blavatsky, who was obviously kind of really big into the clairvoyance and things, and that he had yeah. a falling out with her. I wonder if uh, I just wondered if any of you knew anything about that or, uh, or no, kind I, of just something I, no, just something I picked up. I, I know very little about that. I mean, uh, Madame Blavatsky. Uh, is well, that's a that's a rabbit hole quite of its own. Yeah, yeah, we could do, we could do a show on that <laughs> uh, all on its own. Yes, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, I mean, Madame Blavatsky uh, went more the Eastern philosophy way uh, with uh, Krishnamurti, and God, what a mess was that! Um, I mean, not I mean, not Krishnamurti. He wasn't so bad, but uh, Madame Blavatsky was. Yeah. Uh, so that Rudolf Steiner had a fallout with her seems rather well uh, obvious. I mean, he was he, he came from a Christian background and wasn't so fond of Eastern philosophy, right? As I understand it, or at least uh, he was uh, more or less offended by the anti-Christian uh, side of um, the office. Madame Blavatsky, sorry. Um, but it, it did uh, adopt ob- adopt ideas such as reincarnation and, and yes. things like that. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't uh, all against that, but I mean, as I understand it, uh, Madame Blavatsky presented Krishnamurti as a sort of, sort of second coming or third coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, don't ask me about the details. Uh, which, which, which uh, do, do you know which uh, Krishnamurti? Because there were two, wasn't there? There was Jiddu, oh. I think one, and uh, I, I'm not sure that which one was which. Oh, uh, I know only of one. Uh, hang on a sec. Uh, I, th- I think there were two Krishnamurtis who were who, who were leaders. But I remember I saw a video actually of a uh, of one of them who who had a. It was in dialogue with. Buddhists and uh, scientists, I once said physicists, and they all I mean, had a kind of big dialogue together. And that, that means it's a long, it's about 25 years ago since I've seen that video, but it was quite a long time ago. But this was around 19, yeah. late, one of said late 60s, early 70s. So I'm, I'm guessing the, the, the other Krishna Murti, if he was uh, comp- uh, around at the same time of Lovatsky, was somewhat earlier than that. Yeah, um, I mean, apparently it's uh, quite a common name in India. Yeah. So, uh, I got a bit lost here. Uh, <coughs> I mean, I only know it uh, from uh, the, the spiritual bits, the spiritual bits. And he was, as I understand it, quite popular uh, in the first half of the 1900s. Right. Details I don't remember, but uh, I mean, in certain uh, circles in the Netherlands, his name is still highly revered. Uh, so we, we were talking that we talked about a, a kind of 
religion and spirituality on the whole in the Netherlands earlier. But yeah. what's it like in uh, in Australia, Philip? Have, have, do you have a strong kind of uh, traditional religious tradition, or is it is it more towards the spiritual end as it is in the Netherlands and the UK? Uh, quite strongly Christian. So a lot of people still consider it a, a Christian nation. Um, we've just done or are doing a census um, t- today, actually, um, for Australia to, to work out what the religious breakup is, but vastly majority Christian. Um, we had both the, the Irish Catholics was so that we've got a lot of uh, Irish Catholicism, um, Catholic schools throughout Australia. So um some of what's been happening in Canada, the stories coming out of the similar things happening in Australia with our Catholic system, with the, um, the, the dispatching of babies. Um, there's then Anglic- uh, the Anglican church is probably one of the, the largest churches, church of England, obviously Australia still comes under the, under the queen. Um, so I was raised through Anglican schools but there's a long history of Methodist and um, like the Uniting Church is very big in Australia. Uh, so that there's quite a diversity, but it's primarily Christian. Uh, we've had uh, Islam in Australia for essentially the entire length of Australia. Our, um, our main transport routes uh, for out, outback communities were uh, Islamic cattle um, trains. So that there's been diversity but primarily Christian. And I'd say, I'd say until recently, it's been maybe 70 to 60% Christian. That's uh, we have cathedrals. We've got uh, like Adelaide is called the city of churches. We've got, we've got a lot of churches. Every city you go to, there's churches everywhere. And obviously we're the home of Hillsong. (laughs) Wow. That's, uh, that's, that's funny because I saw, I don't know when it was, it was a, Couple of years. I don't want to say too long ago, but I mean, I'm a bit vague on it. Uh, it was before the the kind of big first Californian wildfires of about about four years ago. There there was a, a, a swathe of wildfires to Australia, and I remember on, I was watching the BBC News one morning, and there was a they were interviewing kind of live interviews uh, with people who'd been affected by the wildfires. And there was an interview with a guy who he literally just started preaching, mm. <laughs> saying his punishment from God and things alive on there. And they were like, they, they did best to shoo yeah. him off. But that was we've kind got, of the first hint I had that Australia was really like religious. We've had a couple of uh, really controversial um, people in Australia. So one of them was a, a rugby player who uh, kept on coming out with incredibly homophobic statements like quoting the Bible. So obviously it's going to be incredibly homophobic, but um, he kept losing his contracts and then he kept on suing because, uh, you know, his religious belief shouldn't affect his contracts. And it's been through the news quite a lot. Um, so that the fundamental Christianity is still big in Australia. And you do have people with these in- incredibly um, in- literal beliefs uh, we have whole communities of what most people would call a cult. So they're, um, you know, the children of Christ. We've we've got our government still gives them tax deductions and and allows them to get away with what any reasonable person would see as a cult. Um, it, so it's 
I'm not surprised that someone would be preaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're um, we're going to wrap up in a minute. We've been going around about an hour. So, uh, what are your, your final thoughts, gents? On uh, uh, I'll have one more attempt <laughs> saying it. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm just going to say Steinerism because it's easier. What yeah. <laughs> What are your your final thoughts on on, on Steinerism? Uh, and considering we've kind of this is a last minute thrown together episode, I appreciate you've not had much time to research it or anything. But let's start with yeah. Ascalon. I have some interesting ideas. I'm just not entirely convinced by the way they plan on getting there. Like I've got absolutely zero interest in them trying to figure out how to explore the, the spirit realm or anything. But um, like the the art style, the the organic farming, um, the 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 speaking out against nationalism, things like that. Those are things I can get on board with. I'm just again not convinced by the methods. Um, hey, Philip. I, I, Oh, sorry. Phil. Yeah. So my thoughts on it are that again, it it came. It seems to have come out as a revolt against a um, an anti-humanist scenario that was happening in Europe. Um, I think fundamentally, it's begging the question. It, it's trying to combine science and spirituality without having demonstrated that they. That there is a spirituality, so that's that's my take on it. Okay, Hein. Yeah, um, I think I have, I'm a bit been too hard in this. I, I mean, I sort of admire the um, what do you call it? Uh, I, um, idealism. That's the word. Um, I think their practice is confused and. Uh, they don't know, they have no clear idea what they're doing and why they're doing it. But, um, I mean, where they come from, I have quite a bit of sympathy for that. Yeah. I, I, th- I think uh, I agree with you all to an extent. I think the biggest thing for me with any kind of movement like this is how dangerous is it where the, you've kind of got all these kind of nice sounding, innocent sounding almost in some cases uh, positive sounding kind of ideas and ideologies, but it's all wrapped up in this kind of spiritual vagueness and weird kind of philosophy behind it. That had That's where it begins to get a little bit dangerous. Yeah. I'm always unsure uh, about yeah. things when they come from that aspect. Listen, gents, Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you've all joined me at the very last minute. Uh, Philip, I'm so glad to get you on, on TV at last because I've been trying for so long and I'm going to... Now, now you've broke the, the seal, you've got to do it more often. Yeah. There's no way out of it now. But uh, Ascalon Ein, it's been brilliant having you both on. I'd love to do something with all three of you again in the future. Um, we're obviously not going to go through the usual uh, sceptic uh, hangout spiel at the end because I can't remember what I'm supposed to say so you three have got no chance so all we'll do is we'll sign off and we'll see you all next time thank you for joining us thank you very much cheers guys bye bye
Right, and we'll cut that there for the show. And uh, seriously, thanks, guys, for joining me, because you've really got me out of some shit. <laughs> oh, no worries. It was good fun. No worries. It's actually quite interesting looking up this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Sorry well, for um, the mix-up with the time. I, I, for some reason, I, I, I had it in my um, calendar at 6.30, so oh, well, I'll get the time yeah, right. Don't worry time. about it. I do it all the time. I do it all. And I, I set alarms to get up. I don't know you probably did as well, but I set alarms for like 2.30, 1.30 to get up in the morning. And I find I've got like two hours to wait. So <laughs> it's, it's not much fun. But anyway, yeah. thanks a lot, guys, for joining me. I'll speak to you all again soon. Anyway, man. See you later. Bye. Yep. Yeah.